Welcome to Tea Time with Shaylee and Amber, the podcast where we talk about all the shit that your horse wants you to know and what you can do about it. Amber is a horse trainer and a personal results coach, certified in Theta and Semitic Breathwork. Shaylee is an animal communicator who also teaches communication. Both knowledge seekers with the intention of sharing that knowledge and hoping that we can encourage the listeners to do the same. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode. Today is a melting pot of realizations, core belief systems, methods to identify your own limiting beliefs and labels, some real life human moments, and of course a few squirrels. So see you there. If you guys like this episode and you're feeling like it resonates with you, please share it. And if you're wanting to dive deeper, don't forget we have our membership. Go ahead and check out the link in the show notes. Hello and welcome back to the pod. We are very excited to have you guys joining us for episode 17. If you missed last episode, it was an episode of Sorry Not Sorry where we talked about Um, necessary things like deworming, vaccinations, things like that, that make us feel a little bit guilty that we shouldn't be feeling guilty for. Um, And a lot of other like really cool spinoffs from that horses, like hearing the forest and lots of (laughs) like fun things. (laughs) So check that one out because it was kind of cool. This episode will be equally cool. I think Um, just a little premonition, you know, But um, we are going to talk about um, our virtues, I guess. And what are we going to talk about? Amber has a story about um, walking her horses slowly on her property and how it is changing things for the better in her life. So I'm going to hand it over to her. (laughs) Uh, I think why this like happened is I know we talked a little bit about it in the last episode where you'll start to see patterns and stuff show up in your animals, like, and in situations around you. And I always encourage people to start to ask questions when that stuff seems to come up and it seems to be like, oh, that's interesting. Like, why do all of my animals get so stressed out when, you know, X, Y, Z happens and sort of identifying that, like, predominant energy that's creating all of it. And what I kept coming up with was responsibility. Like all of my animals really take on this crazy responsible role where Rocco's always like on guard and like watching the gate and he's running out and barks at every person that comes in. Luna is same. She, you know, I was just telling Shaylee, she's like this fun, bouncy little boxer, but then also she turns into like crazy guard dog which is weird because it's very unboxer like um i have my gelding smarty who when like her like the herds get shifted or there's a new someone he's always like so intense and borderline stressed out about it but he's not he doesn't have separation anxiety like uh for example all of the horses were out and i had to leave him in because he needed um can't remember why the vet or something was coming. Um, someone was coming, but anyways, and so he was stressed and worried because the rest of the herd was out and he was in. And so an outside looking in, someone would be like, Oh, he has separation anxiety. He's worried because he's alone. But when I brought all the other horses in and they were getting worked on, that's what it was. Masterson people were here and he was done. He was the demo horse and he got put out. 
he walked across the entire pasture by himself and could care less. I can ride away from the group of people on the trail. So like separation anxiety is hundred percent, not a thing for him. And so when I was checking in, it was responsible. Then I started realizing that I say that about them actually, because when I do have new horses come into training, I put them on like, he'll take care of it. Like he always shows me how I need to interact with that horse. Like I have so many videos of the way that he helps them regulate the way he helps he inspires like discharge of accumulated stuff. Like, and I'm always saying that. And also I remember just yesterday that you were telling me, I know flirt is in your animal communication class. And do you remember that one you shared with me where she said he feels like he got put in a role of responsibility, although he didn't really agree. Like, just yeah. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> So identifying, like, is there a theme coming up? And it doesn't have to be with your animals, right? Like it can be with people in your life or just how you feel. And then I had to start asking myself, like, oh, like, do I feel responsible? Because I swear I took care of that already. And so it was kind of annoying that it was like coming up again, because like a lot of other people, they don't want their animals to have to teach through their bodies and through their And then I have to remind myself, I'm not going to feel guilty about it because they chose. It's a whole thing. Okay. So like we teach the things. Yes. But we are also deep in the learning of things at the same time. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) And the guilt that went along with not consciously, but the responsibility and then realizing, well, Rocco had the, yes, I love her. Rocco had the bacteria and that is associated with guilt. And so. So yeah, all of those things came, um, Shaylee identified hers and then I'll talk about the slow, the slow trail walks that my horse told me we needed to go on. Which it's so hard. I feel like as a mom (laughs) in your position, not to feel so responsible because there's so much responsibility in like human child parenting. So like, how does that not spill over into your animals? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's been a very crazy unwinding um, because there was like, I had, uh, I have, I don't really get knocked way out of balance very much, but last year I did for like a solid two weeks and it was around my younger son in a situation we were in. And I actually talked to Rochelle <laughs> and, um, but I did have to release responsibility for his experience and he's only, he's nine right? But his soul is individual. Like he came here just like all of us. Like he has a plan. There is a purpose for him. He has guidance. He has protection. I had to release responsibility for everything because that's impossible. Um, Just to lighten and soften how aggressive I was like swimming upstream. (laughs) It was really bad for a minute. Um, So I had to work on that. And I feel like I'm more aware of it with my kids than I am the animals. So I think that's why it's affecting the animals more than um, the humans. Although maybe it is affecting the humans and I just haven't seen it yet. I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) But I know it's so crazy, all the connections and stuff. So, yeah. So I was telling Amber that my thing is like, this like need for control. Like, I feel like I have to control everything. I don't like being lost. I want to know like where I'm going and what I'm doing. And like, 
so much so that I'm the type of person that like people will find the memes or the the like TikToks on Instagram and message the message me about them like um like where the guy will like tell the girl hey did you hear so and so's like husband died and she's like what how I don't know he just died well when I don't know he just and I am like I like to know all the details have all the information and like when we do the podcast I'm always telling Amber that I'm gonna like just go with the flow and then well today I'm going with the flow actually um but (laughs) I normally like have to take a few notes and like take a second to like organize my thoughts and feel like I'm like in control of the current moment and like I book time in between my sessions so that I can um kind of like take back control of my energy I feel like and so um it's cool because I was just having a session with Rochelle Amber's theta teacher and it was awesome she like took me into this like really cool experience in my body and um we've kind of found out that some of my control stuff is like stemmed from early on in my life but a lot of it is just the the need to feel prepared and that was so interesting to me because I'm like I never thought of it that way where like me kind of almost feeling like bossy or like I was always the person in class who when we had a group project I would like give everyone a part in it and then they would have to turn it into me and then I would like edit it and do whatever I wanted to do with it and do like all the work and then I would turn it in like I was that person in the group class um so I've always kind of had that piece and when I think about it as like needing to feel prepared it like is so much softer actually um and makes so much sense for like when I think about like my horses and and the things that I do for them but yeah so we all have that like that dominant theme in our lives that is kind of really important to uncover, right? Like if we uncover that and can just get to like the root of it and even just acknowledging it so that in the future, you know, like why all of these things are coming up, um, is like, is cool. But how would someone uncover it if they're not doing all the daily stuff, like how we're doing, like how would someone even figure out what their theme is? Yeah, I think it's really just setting the intention in the morning to pay attention, or you can even look back and like do this little exercise that I just put in my little pre-clinic thing, where you look back in the last week and you think about when were the moments where you felt like frustrated, where you felt angry, where you felt powerless, where you felt, you know, where you felt like triggered or whatever, and you look at the situation And you just scale back and look at it from like afar and really dissect like, oh, that's interesting. What was the thought that created that emotion for me? And then what starts to happen is you start to realize where else does that emotion come up and is, and then you start to go, oh, and then this happened. Oh, and then this. And, and I feel like part of it is that our animals are the ones that are bringing it to our attention. And that's why we're all in this space (laughs) because that unacknowledged, suppressed, um, energy, you know, the emotion, energy and motion going on in our body is what they're going to absorb. And so eventually it manifests on the outside for them. And then we're like, Oh no, we need to address this. Right. I think if anyone's listening to this podcast, you're already in a space where you're curious enough to like 
do an exercise and just look around at your own life and go, what is like, what do I feel predominantly? I couldn't go to responsibility because I feel like I preach, you're not responsible for everyone's experience, blah, blah, blah. But like, meanwhile, my horses and my dogs are like responsibility all over the place. So I had to see it <laughs> that way for me to see it. Like I'm hard to teach. That's why I have so many animals that are like, we all have to join together to get her through this. All of us go. <laughs> and so you can, you know, if you're feeling like, I don't see anything in me, look around at your animals. How do you, a good exercise you can do is, describe your animal's personality as if they were a human. What would their name be? What would their job be? Like, you know, and listen for the, the, like the big descriptions of like who they are. You know what I mean? Like even in their jobs, are they a manager at their job? Are they like, you know, there's just little things that you can kind of look at and get, and get like imaginative about it but you'll usually the theme pops up pretty quickly for people the moment they ask the question it shows itself um but the important part is like finding the virtues right and that's sort of what you were talking about with Rochelle like your control which sounds like ooh, nobody wants to be controlling you know versus oh what the virtue that it created for you was you you're just to be prepared. And that's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? You, you don't want to let it, you know, obsessively take over your life. You know, there's a balance with everything, but if I look at responsibility, I feel like what did that, you know, and Rochelle honed in on it pretty quickly. And it was something that happened in my childhood where I was the only one. And it was really weird because I can look back and know, no, I was not obviously responsible for that scenario. But I did have a theme thinking back in my life where I would watch like those 911 rescue shows where the kid calls the, you know, and I'm like, oh, there was a part of me that felt like I should have done that, which is weird because I was in the middle of nowhere. There's no cell phones. I'm fucking three. Like, you know, like that's, it's not even probable. Like there was nothing, but still my little tiny child brain would watch that stuff and go, oh, like there's something in it. And so I think if I am to pull like a virtue from that responsibility is that it has made me more aware. Like I, I can sense when something's off at the property. You know what I mean? Like I'm aware of when I see a horse halfway across the pasture that it's down and it's not just a nap. Like, I think there's a part of it that has created, you know, a heightened awareness, um, for me, but there's obviously more I need to uncover. And so I'm having sessions with Rochelle, <laughs> but that's what I've come up with so far. Like, what was the virtue in it is that there's awareness, like there's, you know, there's empathy, right? Like I, I do care. I want to help. You know what I mean? Um, but there's something that I'm missing still from it. So <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So what got you into it's like I'm interviewing you right now. What? Um, what, what caught you into the slow walks? Tell the people about the slow, the slow walks. So I was, while I was investigating um, the themes that my horse had, both, I have three. Um, and my mare and my gelding are siblings. They're, they have the same dad, different mamas. And I was just looking, thinking about like, how they have such similarities, but then they're so different. And um thinking about like what gets passed on like generationally and all these things. And 
I started to realize what they, how they are the same is that they both, both walk like really fast. Okay. That's not true. Smarty walks really fast on the trail when I ride him. And when I lead him Clover, if you're riding literally drags ass, like it's uncomfortable because I'm always having to get her to catch. She's just like, you guys go ahead. Like doesn't care. Super casual. But if I lead her, she's like, <laughs> like, like, and I'm, you know, and so I was like, I wonder, I don't even know how it happened, but I was like, I'm just going to walk you. Like, let's just go for a walk. I see people walking their horses all the time. Like, I don't know what that's about. Let's go do it. And I realized <laughs> how fast she was walking and how much, like, it was almost like sensory overload for her, even though it's our property. It was like a totally different thing. So she's like really intense. Her whole body's tense. She's like looking off and she's like, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep going. And I was just watching it. And I was realizing there's so much that they are worried about, but like, if they go fast enough, they don't have to deal with it. And I was like, I wonder how much of that is what I do, right? Like, oh, it'll be fine. Like, let's just push on through, <laughs> like, um, you know, let's do the new thing or let's change the subject or, and I was like, I wonder what would happen if I more consciously like stopped every time, like every time there was something that needed to be acknowledged and just say hi to it. Like there was, I have video, I've actually been documenting my walks with them. Um, <laughs> and each one, I have these realizations. And so I think I'm only on like walk three or four, but at first it was like, oh, what are we doing? I'm anxious. Why are we just standing here? I don't understand. Like, let's get on with it. It was this like perpetual, like, and then eventually by the walk three, they were walking slower and I identified something that I needed that I wasn't giving my horses that I needed when I was little. <laughs> this is how these walks have gone where I was realizing even Smarty, when we talked about being in the forest, I think that was the last episode, how he's so willing to do whatever I need, even if he's worried. And I, while I can mm -hmm. see that as, wow, he really trusts me. I also feel responsible for not taking advantage of that part of him and making sure that I do hold space for him to do things slowly so he can feel more confident instead of relying on me to be confident for him, if that makes sense. So when I was walking Clover, we got to the side of the property and there was someone who was like cutting trees, like, like way over. And then there were dogs barking on the other side. It was like kind of chaotic and it's really quiet around here normally. And I, so I stopped and I just like, yeah, like that is crazy. Cause you could just see the branches of the tree, like being cut down. You couldn't see anything else. And I was like, yeah, you, you should be looking at that. That's wild. Like, you know, and then acknowledging like the dogs barking. And then all of a sudden she was like, and then it dawned on me, like, has I needed acknowledgement probably I mean for sure Z's when I was younger around a lot of situations like acknowledging how that should it could have been hard or like that there was grief like none of it was ever acknowledged for me but then when we talk so much about taking your power back and not needing things to be a certain way for you to feel a certain way so I was like I just need to acknowledge it for myself you know what I mean and then and only then if I can hold space for myself, acknowledge things that are hard, that are heavy, that are whatever, then I can do that more effectively for my horses. And the fact that it even crossed my mind was like, oh, it, it never, never crossed my, I mean, it does when I work other people's horses. Yeah. I'm always acknowledging, 
everybody else's horses. And then I get to mine. I'm like, oh, come on, come on. It's fine. And I'm like, (laughs) but so like these slow walks have been very conscious, like, and I'm not talking like just casual. I'm talking like tiny ass steps. Like, like if someone saw me walking down the road, they'd be like, what the fuck is that person doing? Like extremely slow, like uncomfortably slow. And so a lot of things have come from it. So I don't know if that's like something that you, you all need to go do. <laughs> go on a really slow walk with your horse and see what messages are in that and what things you notice. Um, it's been very interesting. And I'm going to continue to do it. And I'm going to continue to document because I think something is coming from it, but I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> yeah, I realize that I am like such a fast walker and I kind of have always been that way but I've been like trying to even if I'm just like bringing my horses from like the barn to turn out like being slower and like it's so funny to me how like I'll be walking them from the barn to turn out and they had been out so like right now my horses are literally only going into the barn to eat and be separate and then like I'm turning them back out so like it's not like they're in their stalls all the time but it's so funny to me how like I will feel so inconvenienced walking one back out to the field and they have to like eat grass on their way. I'm like, there's grass in your field. Like, why are we eating grass right now? And I feel so inconvenienced and I'm like, and then I have to check myself and I'm like, well, why do I feel this way? Like, there's no, am I in a hurry? No. Is the sun going down? No. Like, do I have something to do? No. Like what, what am I doing? So I have been trying to like embody the slow walk and I, it's kind of cool because I've been getting a little bit of like a different perspective. Like I haven't been diving that deep because I feel like when I, um, when I work with other people's animals all day, I sometimes have a hard time like wanting to go deep, you know, like I kind of just want to not be off my phone, not be in my mind. So I do a lot of like focusing on like my breathing or like my, the way my feet feel on the ground or whatever. Like I try to stay in that space. Cause it feels like more relaxing <laughs> to me. Um, and I was walking bro yesterday and, um, I hung hay nets up in the trees, which were like pretty far out. Like at least, I mean, I don't know, 300 feet out. Like they were far. I could barely see them. And we got to his gate and he immediately like looked up and could like pinpoint that there was something in the trees and I was just like wow that is so cool like old me would have been like come on it's fine like let's go like, like you know they're just hay nuts whatever um but I was like wow thinking like it's so cool probably he doesn't know what it is because he can't see it like their eyesight is not great but it's insane to me that even though his eyesight is not great he was able to recognize that and then he stayed focused on it and then i was able to send him an image of it and he looked at me and then he was like oh and he like licked and chewed and walked in i was like oh yeah it's just the hay nets but something that just sparked because of that with the you saying like oh it's fine let's keep going i do it to my horses all the time um and i really try not to because i have horses every once in a while where the owner will be like, and I'm telling them like, you're okay, you're okay. And the horse is like, stop telling me what I am. Like, you don't know if I'm okay. Clearly I'm not feeling that way. Like, don't tell me you're fine. You're okay. You can do this if I don't feel that way. And so I've really been like taking that to heart lately. And like, I I will tell my horses like, would you mind just trying this? Like, could you try this? But I'm trying to not 
say those things about them anymore. Like putting the words in their mouth, you know, like, oh, you're fine or you're okay. It's so funny how we say that, like our human mind knows it's okay. And so we're telling them like, you're fine, you're fine. But remember that time you were out in that windstorm and um, (laughs) your horse knew that shit was going down before it like ran away before it even happened. So like, I always think of that when like, I'm like, oh, you're fine. And I'm like, but what if you're not? You know that that tree is going to right now you know what's interesting too about how you were talking about the human children and the responsibility my young one he's a Taurus and so is Shaylee um and I think there's something about that really grounded like this is how I feel energy about Tauruses like it's like this like nope this is how I feel and so while I can say you're fine to my horse or to the dogs, and then they don't look at me and go, actually, you're telling me how I feel. And that's not accurate. <laughs> he can. And so when anyone out there with children <laughs> that are sent to you to be your little teachers, I have one. My older son is very chill and different lessons. This one is like, I'm actually not fine. And he's nine. So yay for me giving words to his emotions and expressions, but it's really like the accountability piece that keeps me in line. But like, it's, it is, it's hard to do, to not do that with your horses. And if I think about where is it rooted, because I want them to be good. You know what I mean? I know it's not anything that's going to hurt them. Right. And I want them to feel comfortable. So it's rooted in like this, like place of you know, care, but also, you know, it's like so invalidating. <laughs> I know it's really hard not to be a little bit invalidating. Cause like our human mind just kind of takes over, which is why I love the slowing down, which speaking to that slowing down, I had a session today. It was kind of interesting. Um, I was talking to this young horse and he was like, oh yeah, like I'm having a great day. Just got up from a nap. Like he was like, um, laying down on the ground. And then he was deliberately showing me that he was eating little tiny, tiny, short pieces of baby grass that were coming up. And he's like, yeah, waiting for her to open up the gate for the big field because I'm eating all these little tiny nubs. (laughs) And, um, she was laughing and saying like, he was about to get turned out like in the grass and stuff. And I was like, he's deliberately like like showing me that he's having to like bite his teeth against the ground. And so he's showing me all these cheeky things. And then he's like, and yeah, and I've been biting her and I know that's what she wants to talk about. And she, she was like, yep. Like he's been biting me. I don't know where it's coming from. Like we just got him gelded. So I don't know if it's stalliony or whatever, whatever. And so we got into some of the, the reasonings behind it. Like some of it was due to his mom and how he was feeling like he wasn't getting enough. So he's, I think three now, he wasn't getting enough from her and feeling like he was being pulled away from her as a three-year-old. And I'm like, it's so strange. It's like, I'm getting weaning messages. And I guess he lives out with her and she just had another baby. And so she's like separate right now. And so he's totally like, Oh God, like, you know, going through all the feels of like the eldest now. Um, (laughs) But what I found was super interesting is that he showed himself biting the worst in the stall. And I was like, is this true? And she was like, yeah, it's mostly when he's in a stall. And it's kind of funny because 
I will tell people when they come over, like, you got to be careful around him. Don't stand too close or he'll bite you. And he almost never bites the other people. He'll bite her instead. And, um, he said, yeah, well, it's the expectation. Like I have an expectation from you. And I was like, okay, well, let's dive into that. And he showed himself like, um, only coming in to eat that he was expecting her to, um, walk into the feed room, feed him, walk back out and then turn him out. And like, he was, he had all these different like expectations about her. But what I noticed as he was showing me all of this stuff is that she was very quickly walking back and forth. Like I was just like, she's over here then she's over there and she's got all, and I was like, wow, it looks like you're so busy. Like he shows you like zooming in and out and she's like, oh yeah, I have a lot to get done. So I, um, feed really quickly or, uh, you know, like, sh and she's a mom, so she has to take care of her kids and stuff. And I was like, it'd be funny to like experiment with like walking slower, even just in your barn and seeing like, if that expectation, expectation changes a little bit, because he was almost like frantic with her energy. Like just noted, like he was like, you have to give me my food really fast. And if you don't, I'm super anxious because that is what happens now. And then I go back outside and like, I would see him and I'm like ears forward biting her. Like it's, he's not pinning his ears. It's like ears are forward and he's like chomping her. And I thought it was so interesting because you've been doing all this slow walking stuff. And then I had that session today and I see her like zooming back and forth and I'm like, Oh, there's the slow walk again needs to happen <laughs> within the barn environment. Cause she was like, I could go out and like sit on his fence or do whatever. And I know that his whole energy is changing. And he was like, Oh yeah, it's totally the expectation. Like in here, this is where all the work happens. Like this is where I would get saddled. This is where I would get fed. All of the work happens here. Whereas like my expectation of you, if you're in my field is totally different. Like you don't do anything with me out there. So they do make those associations. And um, my friend Donna, actually, because she has a super spooky Mustang, she deliberately walks slower around her horses. Like her barn is like within the field. Um, so the horses are like loose around the barn. And she walks super slowly. And it's so funny because like when I first got Biggie two years ago, I was like, he drives me insane. He's, he's so fucking slow. Like I'm like, I it takes so long to get him to the freaking field. And now I've like embraced it, but it's just so funny because this lesson came up for me like two years ago where she was like, he's telling you to slow down. Like you need to slow. And my other two are, and my mini are just so fast. Like, and I used to tell her, I'm like, no, I love that they frantically walk to the field. Like I love just going fast, being on a mission. I can't even stop them to take their halters off. I have to just like very quickly run after them and like, you know, and there, there's like a guilt piece in that too, because I could like <laughs> kind of gently pull on their faces and slow them down. But after walking with so much momentum, I feel guilty stopping them when we get in the field. And so I just run after them and like undo their crown pieces every day. <laughs> like this is my life. <laughs> so I really need to revisit the walking slow piece, I think, because Donna tried to tell me that a while ago and I wasn't here for it. So, and Biggie became faster. He adapted. He's fast now. <laughs> He's going to get a whiplash. I was trying to swallow my water and I almost put it out. He's fast now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my God. Yeah, because I wasn't ready to hear it. And so I didn't go slower. He just got faster through positive reinforcement. <laughs> I am 
emotionally manipulated my horse, you guys. I'm sorry. Um, oh, no, I'm not sorry. I shouldn't say that, but I did emotionally <laughs> manipulate him. <laughs> and now I have to go back and he's like getting whiplash because now I'm like slowing down again. And he's like, wait. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. This is a balance. Like, I should do video when <laughs> I should do video when I let bring my horses in because our barn is um they come in at night and then they go back out in the morning and I don't halter any of them. All the pastures are sort of separated and there's alleyways and stuff. It's like a whole operation. And um, and so my pasture, they probably have like 50 feet, you know, from their gate to the backs of their stalls. And <laughs> Like there was a point in time where I started haltering mine and just leading them in at night because like, I'm going to, I'm going to take video and maybe I'll even edit it in right here. It is wild. And like Smarty, Smarty's interesting because he waits at the gate and he, it's almost like sometimes he's like, I will not run with the rest of these horses, but he stands at the gate. And so no one can get around him. So then it turns into this like tornado of like intense energy because the gate is open and he's like, not yet. <laughs> and he just stands there and they're all too worried to go around him. And then so finally, either one will get brave and just like blast past and then they all come tearing in after or he like will go. And Clover, like I, she does the most athletic moves and it's scary because she's just like flailing her giant body in the air, like round and round. And she'll never run over you. But like, if you don't make it known that you're standing there, like she might not see you. <laughs> and so she's super sensitive. So if I kiss, it almost like fills the balloon up more. And it's like this explosion of exuberance. So like, I look at that and I'm like, ah, whatever. But then at the same time, I'm like, but if someone else needs to come out here and do this, like, I don't want anyone to die. <laughs> like, so, you know, I know I should probably lead them in, you know, and balance it back out. Cause then they did calm down eventually, but it's like that anticipation, right? It's the same thing happens all the time. Like, this is how it happens. I, I do the same thing when I turn mine out with the halter and I teach people turn your horse around and, you know, I'm like <laughs> put the rope over their neck and take a breath, push the clutch in. I do it with the training horses. I'm like, good. Okay. And you will rub. And then mine, I'm like, <laughs> they're not running. <laughs> Usually I've worked them. So it's not like super intense, but I still am like, okay, just go. And it's like a very fluid. <laughs> it's like, we live this parallel lives. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly how mine are. We're like walking with a mission and then I'm like opening the gate and they're walking through the <laughs> gate and I have to have my hand on the crown piece because they're like, all right, like I'm going, you better take this thing off. And the most annoying thing for my horses too is when the freaking um, clip gets stuck when the little <laughs> piece gets stuck in the crown piece and it like jerks their head because they're like walking forward. They're like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> So that's how I know I create these impatient horses. And you know, what's so funny is like these, the stories we tell, like Kip has always been so dramatic about bugs. And I was telling you like before this call that, that I was like, that he was kicking the gate and stuff, but all this, this, he would be in by now, like the bugs are out and he would be in the stall by now with old Shaylee. 
but I have started softening that like their horses, they can be out, they're happier out. And it's so funny how like, I'm slowly changing like what I say about them that now like I will, my human mind will have the habit of like, oh, I got to go bring them in. Like it's during the day, the bugs are out or whatever. And I'll look out and all of them are grazing, just like totally happy, swishing their tails. And that guilt piece is so funny. Um, one of my best friends is like this, like she sends me videos all the time of her horses in like straight armor, like masks, leg things, like everything, like that you can't see a single part of their body. And it's so funny how we will feel guilty about the flies biting them when it's like a nature thing, right? Like they have tails for a reason. They were born with these tails and long necks and the ability to, to like scratch their backs and to roll and to do all these things. And yet I will see one bot fly chasing around my horses and I'll run out there with like my freaking guns blazing to get this fly off of my horses or I will like bring them in one year I had a fly swatter because we had so many freaking bot flies and my horses would just let me like what like whip them with this fly swatter I was like um but it's so funny that like I feel so responsible for these freaking bugs on them and I feel guilty if I look outside and my horses are like stomping and swishing and stuff it makes me feel guilty that they're getting bitten which is so weird but it's I know all, a lot of people like that. Yeah. And it's all rooted in like, we just care, you know what I mean? So like, we can definitely look at it and go, that means I'm a very empathetic, caring person. Cause I could imagine that sucks. But on the flip side, the balancing point is like, but also they're horses, they have tails and they are equipped with all the things <laughs> that mother nature gave them to deal with the flies. Right. My horses won't even leave fly masks on. I've tried and they're like, no, thank you. And they end up wherever. So I just gave up. They didn't get blanketed this year and they didn't get fly masks last summer. So <laughs> like. Mine I do soothe me a little bit with that because they tear their stuff off of each other. And so now I'm like, oh, well, if you guys are tearing things off of each other and shredding them in the field, then I don't feel that bad. And it's so funny <laughs> because bro, Yip is my one that needs them the most, the little shoe fly leggings. But bro is the only one that will wear them and he, he will keep his on 24 seven, but he'll rip everything off of everyone else. And no one ever rips his stuff off. And it's so annoying to me. I quit buying these things because I would like look out the window and either Biggie or Kip would have their own leg in their mouth, like ripping <laughs> it off so that they could use it to play with each other. <laughs> so I'm like, well, it can't be that bad. <laughs> but they see me and they come galloping and they're like, bring us in. Like we, it's mostly Kip. Kip has trained all of my horses to be frantic. Although I'm very <laughs> proud of him because at this point in the year, he would have been like doing gallop sets out there and he hasn't done that yet. But still, if he sees me, he like comes crashing and it's very dramatic. He'll gallop all the way down and then he'll just slam his body into the gate. Like he's broken a few clips because he just like won't stop. He'll be like, oh my, this is terrible. Like he's dying. And I'm like, did I create that? Did you come to me with that? Or like, did I create that energy of like, oh my God, there's a bug on you. Cause I think back to like, I have this one memory when I was dating this guy and we were all camping like with his family or we were at like a rodeo or something and I just baked like this fresh thing of cookies and I was coming out of the camper and I opened the door and a fucking cicada slapped me in the chest and I I screamed and like threw this plate of cookies everyone was so disappointed 
um, because I talked about them like all weekend. Cookies were dead. The cicada was on me. I freaked out. And I realized that like when I'm on trail with him and stuff, if a spider's on my hat, like if it gets on my hat or something, I'm like, (laughs) so I do panic about bugs. And I'm like, I'm totally freaking creating this in my horses, but who knows? (laughs) Um, I feel like that's basically the end of our episode. Right. And usually a dog interrupts, but I mean, Austin, you know, he can, (laughs) well, Luna sat up and wagged her tail and then didn't bark. (laughs) Okay. Um, it's because it's getting warmer and everyone's getting a little slower now <laughs> that the weather has changed. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the invitation. You know, it's funny that in the beginning when we started this, we were like, in every episode, we should have like a thing for people to like mess with. And then we like don't ever do that. But now I feel like the last couple we have fascinating. Um the invitation for people to like identify if they do find like a pattern or like a dominant way that they feel or like a, you know, something like that, that could possibly need to be softened or lightened a little bit, um, you know, for your animals and your own health sake. Um, and maybe experiment with walking slow. (laughs) It's really uncomfortable in the beginning, unless you're a slow walker maybe walk fast, maybe identify what kind of a walker you are and do the opposite. Maybe that get uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, yeah, do that. So do you have anything else you need to say? Feeling great. Cool. Um, all right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us yet again. Um, if you want to dive a little deeper, you can take a look at our membership that we have going and there it is there it is the members we'll put the links in the show notes and um and that's it (laughs) i was gonna say check out our podcast (laughs) but that's what we're doing right now (laughs) you already are oh good lord all right bye everybody